You're listening to the Effortless Life Podcast, episode 22. I'm your host, Courtney Elmer, and today I'm giving you an inside peek at a conversation I had recently with one of my favorite digital entrepreneurs, Zach Buckler. Now, you might have heard his name before because he's been helping digital entrepreneurs scale their products and businesses to the next level for many years now. And I can think back to the early days of my own growth journey, gosh, five, six years ago, at least before, way before I even launched the company that I have today. Zach was one of the very first people I started following online, and I have learned a lot from him through the years. Now, Zach is the founder of Heart, Soul, and Hustle and the creator of the Heart, Soul, and Hustle podcast. And after making a million and a half dollars in online courses and coaching sales, he pivoted to serving that same audience with marketing services and consulting. He's now the chief marketing extraordinaire at his Facebook ads and consulting agency, where he works with his clients to achieve multi-six-figure launches, automated funnels, and consults on marketing strategies for course creators looking to scale their business. And funny story, just this past week, I was going through some old files and I found a challenge outline workbook that Zach created years ago. I still had it printed out and saved with some of my marketing materials. And in the time that I've known him, even before we met in person, that was the one thing I've always admired about Zach, that no matter what he was focusing on in the moment, whether it was teaching people how to use challenges to launch their programs or teaching people how to use Periscope and get over the fear of showing up online, or now what he does today with Facebook ads and helping coaches and digital business owners scale their products, one thing has always remained the same, and that's Zach. Zach has a heart of gold, and he is one of the most down-to-earth and authentic guys you'll ever meet. And he shoots straight from the hip. He doesn't beat around the bush. He just tells you what you need to hear when you need to hear it. And he does it in the most gentle, kind, and understanding way imaginable. That's why I have a feeling you are going to love today's episode because Zach is going to teach you some pretty powerful things like how to pivot your business without worrying what people will think. And the surprising secret to building instant no like, and trust within your community. He's also going to show you the mindset reframe that helps you get more done even when you have limited time. And he'll explain why simply knowing the right activities to focus on isn't enough and what to make sure you're focusing on instead. Plus, he's going to give you a little trick for turning negative feedback into a positive experience. And he'll share his unique take on hustle and what it means. And he does all of this with the authenticity you'd expect and the clarity you need. So without further ado, let's dive into today's episode with the one and only Zach Buckler. Globally ranked among the top shows in business and education, we're changing the way entrepreneurs work by changing the way they think about work. If you're ready to run your business like a real CEO, instead of your business running you, you're in the right place. You don't have to work as hard as you think you do to create the influence, income, and impact you deserve. It's time for a new way to do business. This is the Effortless Life Podcast. Here's your host, Courtney Elmer. Zach, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I am so excited. I've been looking forward to our conversation. I have so much I want to jump into with you today. But before we get to any of that, why don't we just start by having you tell our listeners who you help and how you help them? Sure. So my name is Zach Buckler. My company is Hard Soul and Hustle. And we work with digital entrepreneurs that have courses, coaching programs, consulting, 
that are basically looking to take a successful product and scale it to the next level. So we come in and what we do is a couple of different things. We either help you run your Facebook advertising campaigns. So we come in, we step in, we manage them, we create, optimize, and report on how your ads are doing. And we run as a full service ads agency. Or the other thing that we do, and this is a little bit newer, is we do some consulting. So we work with select entrepreneurs that are looking to scale their products, but need help actually figuring out how to scale the product. So we have some people that come to us and they're like, I have the plan, I just need the ad strategy. And then there's people who come to us, they're like, I have the product and I want the strategy. And we work with both of them in a couple of different ways to really just bring everything to the next level. That's awesome. That's such a huge need too. Because I mean, as entrepreneurs, we get excited, we come up with these ideas, we create these things. And it's like, now what? (laughs) How do I grow this? How do I take it to the next level? And what are the steps along that path? And what does that even look like? Exactly. And so we come in and we help you figure out not just what the next steps are, but what the plan actually looks like to scale that product. So it's like that old adage of people like, just tell me what to do. We come in and we tell you what to do. But We've also done it. So we support you along the way. So one of the cool things about our business is that we ran a really successful course business that we scaled to over a million dollars over a few years. And so we don't just come in and say, like, here's what I would do. We're like, here's what I have done. Here's what works. Here's what we've seen in the marketplace. We've launched everything from a membership to coaching program to a mastermind to courses. And so we actually have the past experience to know what works, what doesn't. And what is it that people are looking for in the marketplace? Yeah, so valuable. And I mean, gosh, why wouldn't you go to someone like you who's done it all, right? Who's figured it all out, done all the trial and error, learned from the mistakes, all of that, been down the journey. And then I'm such a huge believer in that, right? Not only investing in yourself and your business, but also investing in people who have walked that path before you, walked the path that you want to go down. Very cool. Why don't you take us on the journey from back when you first started your business and what did that look like? Let's go back to the beginning. What inspired you really to start this business to begin with? Sure. So I started back in February of 2015. So we're coming up on just about 5 years now. And that wasn't my first business, but that was when I started Heart, Soul & Hustle. And I really started it because I had a successful food blog. A lot of people don't know that about me. I had a relatively successful food blog. We were selling ebooks and we were selling uh, digital courses and things were going really well. But when I looked back over what I've been doing over the years, and I'll, I'll give you the short versions, basically, I had tried a ton of stuff to make money. I'd done freelancing, I'd done website flipping, I'd done direct sales, I'd done Google AdWords. Like, I, if you could make a dollar doing it online, there's a good chance I tried it. And when I looked back, what I found was that what I loved wasn't necessarily like, you know, food blogging or freelance writing or anything like that. What I really loved was marketing. And I fell in love with the idea of like marketing yourself or marketing your skills or referring people or flipping websites. Like everything it came back to, I really loved the marketing aspect, the creating revenue out of nothing. Like that got me really excited. And so I started Hard Soul and Hustle and basically said, you know, I can't teach you how to make a million dollars, but I can show you what I've done so far. And my superpower at that time was that I'd been running Facebook ads for my food blog. I had learned a little bit about Facebook ads. And so I was on a live streaming platform called Periscope. I don't know if anybody remembers it. Super old school now. But I was on there talking about how I was using Facebook ads in past businesses and how I would use them going forward. Well, in about 30 days, we acquired a small client roster for Facebook advertising. And people started asking me, 
how are you getting these clients? Like, what are you doing to attract clients on this new platform? Like, tell us the secret. And so I, I pivoted from doing Facebook advertising to basically teaching people how to get clients on Periscope. And my stance was always, I can't teach you how to get a million clients, but I can teach you how I got my first four or five. And that turned into our first six-figure course called Rock Your Scopes. It was a really cool course. We did not necessarily know what we were doing, but we took it to six figures. We launched a second... We came, then I came back to advertising, which was like my original love, Facebook ads. And I created a Facebook advertising course. We took that course to six figures. And then people were like, Well, how are you launching these? And we had been doing uh, five-day challenges. And you know, five-day challenges were nothing new. They, it wasn't this inventive, crazy idea. But what we did was we systematized it. And I have this piece of paper where I basically met with a friend. And we sat down for 5 minutes. And she's like, this is, this is what I do. And I basically drew out a piece of paper. was like, Here's my idea. Here's how I would tweak this. Here's how I would change it. And we basically turned that piece of paper into a half a million dollar course. A little more than that. And what was really cool about that is that we were helping people launch their digital product. So we had, you know, over a million dollars in student success stories. And I throw these numbers around just to kind of, you know, share with you some of the cool stuff that happened, not necessarily to be like, look at how big it was or how crazy it was. You know, it, it did really well. There are plenty of people doing better than us. There are plenty of people that were trying to get to that level. But what was really cool is that we were helping people launch their products. So it was this culmination of everything that I'd done to that point. It included live video, it included Facebook ads, and then it included a launch strategy, which is something that I'd secretly been really good at because I was launching products the whole time. And then recently, I kind of, you know, I automated the the five day challenge program and it was doing really, really well on automation. But I just felt this calling to do something different. And a lot of people were like, well, why would you switch? Like everything's going well. You're you're making money, you're on automation, you can scale, you're running Facebook ads. You know, everything on paper was doing really, really well. And I was like, but I just want to do something different. And we have a, a mutual mentor, James Wedmore, and he says, zig when everyone zags, right? Which is, it's not his invention, but he says it a lot. But it, you know, I chuckled and I said, you know, the ultimate zig while everyone zags would be to go from one to many to one on one. Like nobody does that. Everybody's like, get out of the one on one, get into the one to many. And I thought, you know what? What if I just go back to one on one and I really do what I, you know, my calling is Facebook ads. And the one thing I didn't love about the Facebook ads course was that I had to constantly update it. And I still loved Facebook ads, but having to update that thing every time Facebook changed a rule or a button or a color was kind of a nightmare, just to be honest. But now that I manage ads for people, I get to stay current, I get to study, and I get to really just execute on that. And that's so much more fun and fulfilling for me. And so that's where we are now. Now we do the Facebook ads management. And then because I did all of this stuff from you know courses, like I said, in there, we had a membership, we had a mastermind, I kind of glossed over that because they're not as keystone to the story. But now we, we do the Facebook ads management and we consult with people that want to take their courses to the next level. That is awesome. It's so cool to sit here and hear the evolution of where you were to where you are today and the ups and the downs and the twists and the turns and just the path that has unfolded before you because I feel like for so many of us and for so many people listening, I know they can relate to this. Sometimes we get that desire on our heart to do something different or to do something that maybe is going against the flow a little bit, or maybe it's something that not everybody is saying to do, right? To zig when everyone zags. And it's this idea that, you know, okay, I've got this idea. I want to bring this to life. 
But then the fears and the beliefs and all the stuff that comes up, right? Because like you said, it's like, we've got this good thing going. Why fix what's not really broken? And so I would love to dive a little deeper into that with you and just to explore and to hear what were some of those things that were coming up for you or some of those maybe concerns or fears that you had when you were going to make this big pivot after all that you've built? Pivot isn't even the best word because it's really just getting back to the heart of what you love to do and what you have been doing in and out you know, throughout time. But getting back to that and to focusing on these one-on-one relationships as opposed to these courses where you can just reach the masses. Yeah. Well, I think the biggest thing is like to mention, I was talking to a friend recently and she was saying, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs chase something new because we get bored. And that's super common with entrepreneurs to get bored. And I do get really bored really easily when something starts working. But I think the big thing to mention is that we're not chasing the next best thing to make money, right? I'm not like, oh, that didn't really work. So I'm going to try this, right? So I think the first and most important thing to kind of talk about is that I didn't just decide one day like, oh, Instagram's not working for me. So I'm going to go to Pinterest and hopefully this is the secret, right? So when I pivoted or when I changed or when I got back to the heart of what I was doing, it wasn't like I was like, oh, maybe this is what's going to do it, right? And so I think that I always like to start there by just saying like, whatever you're doing, it will work, right? And it's worth pursuing it until it does work. In terms of like the fears or what came up for me, like the biggest one was like, well, what if this doesn't work, right? Because never really before in my career had I like burned the boats, but I shut everything down. I turned off courses, I turned off the webinars, I turned off the funnels, I turned everything off and I just went all in on the agency. Now, it wasn't like overnight, it was gradual. It took me about six to eight months to actually test out the agency, get a few clients, turn everything off. So it's not like I just executed one day and was like, you know, no more of that, right? But this was the first time that I really kind of burned the boats. And not only that, but when I was burning the boats, I was moving across the country to San Diego. I lived in Ohio, I was moving to San Diego. And so a huge concern that I had was like, well, if I'm starting over, like, what if this doesn't work? Because you know, if you don't know, Ohio is the Midwest. It's very affordable cost of living. It's very cheap. We actually lived in a really nice house. So our rent didn't go up a crazy amount. But either way, it was like everything was going to go up, right? I filled up my gas tank once a month in Ohio and it was 30, 35 bucks. I fill up my gas tank once a month in California at $70. And it's little things like that that I knew were going to add up, you know, groceries, gas, rent, utilities, everything is more expensive. And so I basically took this leap of like, well, not only am I not going to do what I've been doing, but I'm going to upgrade my lifestyle at the same time. And so that was a huge fear for me. The other fear that came up was, you know, and I experienced this early on, it's like, you know, the first time a client is disappointed in something, whether it be the results or the communication or, you know, anything at all, like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, it's been perfect. Everybody's been thrilled, right? Um, We did have an unhappy client and we didn't, you know, I always tell people like, I feel like I have to qualify, like we didn't lose money or we didn't throw money away or we didn't do anything bad, but we just had, you know, a client who wasn't thrilled. We were we were bringing on new team members. Communication was our weak point. We've got a system now in place to fix that. Um, but we had a client who was like, you know, hey, communication wasn't great. And when you're doing one to many, one of the things that you don't really have to think about is you can very much isolate yourself from the feedback. And 
when you get a negative complaint or you get a negative email, like don't get me wrong, the first time it happens, it really throws you. I've done it. You're like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe that I just got this really negative feedback. Uh, oh my gosh, am I a fraud? Am I this? Am I that? But over time, you just are like, oh, it's just an email, right? With one-on-one work, you have to get on the phone and look someone in the face and basically hear like, I'm not happy. And so that was a huge fear of mine. It was like getting to this point where not everyone's going to be happy. And we have like we've gotten results where I'm like, this is great. And the person on the other hand is like, well, it's not what I wanted. <laughs> so you know, that was a huge fear or a huge roadblock for me that I had to overcome was like, sometimes when you work one on one, people aren't happy and you don't get to, for lack of a better way to put it, you don't get to hide behind the keyboard and be like, well, I just won't deal with that. My assistant will deal with that. The team will deal with that. We'll forward it to the support inbox and we won't worry about it. Um, You don't get to do that anymore. So I think between taking that big leap and realizing that it's about interpersonal skills and client communication was like a big, big shift for me. So I mean, those are the big like fears or roadblocks that we came up against. I'm trying to think if there was anything else really crazy. I mean, the other thing was like definitely getting systems in place. When I started, it was me running ads. Much different when you've got somebody else running ads. Like very scary to basically take a client's money and then entrust it into somebody else huge fears around that. But I found someone who is fantastic. They're like my right hand in the agency. They crush it. They do amazing work. You know, But that trust had to be... I wouldn't even say built over time because I had to implicitly trust somebody from day one that for some of our clients, we're spending tens of thousands of dollars. And you just have to trust that this person's going to follow the, the guidelines and the systems that we have. So maybe those are the two, the big two or three fears or concerns that came up. That's awesome. There's so many different directions we could go with this. The one thing that I want to ask you next, you had mentioned, you know, over time, you just kind of learned to be like, okay, it's just an email, right? Or it's just, it's just feedback. It's not really, can't really hurt me. It can't really bother me, you know? And I would imagine too, going to one-on-one, this realization or this, um, to own it even more and to recognize even more that, you know, it's your job to provide the service that you say you're going to provide, but it's not your responsibility to make someone else happy. And everything that comes up around that, right? Because I feel like as entrepreneurs and as business owners, that's a big weight that many of us take on our shoulders is this idea that it's our responsibility for our clients to be happy and that it's not their responsibility to go through the program, to do the work, right? And then when you're working one-on-one, even more so because they are expecting this service from you. And so I'm imagining that over time, you know, just like you learned to kind of deflect the emails as it didn't mean anything about you, it was simply someone's opinion, someone's feedback, right? That you've learned to shift these fears and these mindsets much in the same way. And so I'd love for you to speak a little bit to that. And so these big fears that came up for you, these two or three things that you just mentioned, how have you shifted those and how are you able to work through them so that those listening can kind of start to take away some ideas or some different things that when they experience these fears, just like we all do. We all have this fear of like, this isn't going to work or what if it doesn't? And what can we do to shift that or to change it? What have you done that you found to be effective? Yeah. Well, for me, you know, I won't sit here and say that like these fears are completely gone. We've been running the agency full time for about four to five months. We've been running the agency for over a year now, but we've been doing it, you know, as our primary source of revenue and income for about five, five or six months. And I think the biggest thing to realize is like, number one, 
like no amount of what other people say can like hurt you, right? And I, I do think that there's this fine line between realizing, especially in the service space, like when somebody has something negative to say, like, yes, that's a reflection of them. And, you know, it's really easy, especially in like the, you know, I think mindset has become a bit of a buzzword in some ways, but it's like, you know, the mindset is like, well, that's a reflection of them. That's not a reflection of me. But the flip side is like, we had a client who was like, you didn't communicate well. It's like, we can go back and say like, hey, what do we do to fix that? So feedback is like, it can be a negative experience. Like you can experience it negatively. But the flip side is sometimes it's a positive thing for your business. So reframing feedback as like, hey, this sucks in the moment. It's, it's heavy. It's not fun. I don't like hearing it. But it's ultimately going to lead to a better experience for myself and all of my customers, and all of my clients is a really good thing. And I think it's almost crazy, for lack of a better way to put it, to think you're not going to go through that. And realizing that, especially as entrepreneurs, we get really isolated. We feel like everything that happens to us is like, no one else is experiencing this. But you know, I know for a fact, and for no reason other than it's just something I've learned over time, is like from the course space, you know, you'd have a bad launch, but I was in Facebook groups where someone else was having a bad launch, right? And so now that I'm in an agency, I'm in a group where other people are, you know, having struggles or not getting the results they want or having issues or not closing, you know? And it's like, I know for a fact that I'm not isolated in my problems, I'm isolated in my business. And so having that higher level of awareness of like, you know, yeah, it sucks. Yeah, it's a bummer in the moment. But like, it's not going to collapse your business. It's not going to end everything. One unhappy customer, you know, Amazon has unhappy customers and they're doing just fine. But all that to say, you still need to take, you don't have to take on feedback personally, but you do need to take it on professionally and say, what does this mean we need to fix? What processes can we put in place? What didn't work effectively? What do we need to do next time? And so I can tell you, like when we heard that communication was the issue, because that's one of the things that we want to pride ourselves on is quality communication. I sat down with my team and said, what are we doing right now to create a better communication with clients that are coming on going forward? And we put systems in place and we've got things in place like that. The other thing that I will say is like, you just get better at it over time, right? So it's like the first time I had to have a tough conversation, it sucked. Um, the second time I had to have a tough conversation, I was like, okay, well, you know, it sucks, but where am I going to get the... Where is this feedback going to help us grow? And I think that just having those two kind of outlooks can be a really positive way to move yourself forward. And I don't want to say you get numb to it because it's not the right word, but you get accustomed to taking on feedback and realizing that you can't make everyone happy. You just can't. And sometimes, you know, people come in with these crazy expectations. And I think especially in the core space, and especially in the B2B space where we see testimonials that are like crazy successful is people come in with this vision of what they should be doing or what they should be creating or how things should be going. Um, And sometimes that's not there. And so now, one thing that we've gotten better at is setting really clear client expectations. And so like we're working with a consulting client who is, we're setting up an evergreen webinar and they're like, well, I want to get it up next month. And we're like, well, that's not really a reasonable expectation. Here's all the steps that we want to take before we go evergreen with you. Um, and you know, just to kind of put some context to that, we 
we, when we go evergreen with someone, we want to do a live launch. We want to monitor their email. We want to check their open rates. We want to check their Facebook ads. We want to do all of this stuff before we ever go evergreen. And so one thing that you can do in addition to all of this is set really clear expectations, right? Set expectations with your clients, your customers of what can they realistically expect. Now, I understand you can't promise people monetary returns. But what's crazy and what a lot of people don't know is that when we take on a new client, we actually have a contract because you really should have contracts if you're doing one-on-one work. Just a little aside there. But we actually in our contract say we do not guarantee results. We don't just send that contract and hope that people read it. When we onboard a new client, we actually schedule a call to review the contract and we take them step by step through everything they're agreeing to. And not once has a client said, well, if you can't guarantee results, I'm out. Most clients say, I appreciate you being honest or I appreciate that. Like, obviously, I am, uh, I tell people, like, it's in my best interest to get you results because then you won't disappear. And believe it or not, this is how I make my money. And, you know, unfortunately, in 2019 in America, that's how you survive is money. So, (laughs) or fortunately, I should say. But yeah, I mean, those little tweaks and changes to the way you think and the way you operate. And then just time. I think just time makes you better at that. Yeah. Oh, so many things I love about what you say. The first one that is just the separation between personal and professional and how you interpret that feedback. And that is so well said because it's really about the separation that the feedback means nothing about you as a person, but it is an opportunity for you to improve. And I think the businesses that struggle are the ones that don't take that feedback and act on it to make those changes in their business, to make those improvements in their business as to how they can better serve their clients. But the one, the businesses that take it personally are the ones that really, really struggle because they're the ones that can't move forward because they're sitting there, you know, behind the screen, behind the keyboard, behind the phone. And they're like, oh my gosh, I'm failing. My business is failing. I'm a failure. Right. And taking all this to mean something about themselves. It's such an important distinction, I think, for for all of us and a good reminder for those of us that already know it, we're aware of it, but maybe we're not acting on it. You know, we're still taking things personally is to really just know that it means nothing about you, but that it is an opportunity for you to improve, to serve others better and for you to keep showing up in your in your life and in your business the way you want to. So I love that. And the piece about expectations too. And I think that goes both ways as well, right? For us to have expectations as business owners, what we expect of our clients, what we're willing to do or not do, and where we expect our business to be and being realistic with that, you know, so as not to overshoot or to set ourselves up for disappointment, not so much for failure, but for disappointment when we don't hit those expectations and doing the same for our clients. And that's huge right there in terms of communication, I would think, because then they are on the same page with you. And like you said, your feedback on that, when you sit down on that call to review the contract has been great because they're like, they appreciate that. They appreciate you sitting there and just being clear and open and honest with them, which builds their trust in you, which is huge. Yeah. So your whole business, Heart, Soul, and Hustle, and we're sitting here on the Effortless Life podcast, right? Where we're all about, you know, changing the way you see your life and business so that you can change the way you do your life and business and live your life because it's not about doing more, but it's about knowing what to focus on, when to focus on it. And really, you know, so that the overwork and the busy work 
don't consume you and overwhelm doesn't consume you. So I would love to hear your take on how this idea of hustle, which is very much a buzzword in our culture, has changed for you over the years, given when you've started your business and with where you are now. Yeah, well, I will definitely say when I started, hustle was like, you know, the 16 hour days and the grinding it out and the doing the work. But as my business has grown and evolved, hustle for me has really become just simply doing the right things that other people won't do to, to get it done. And, you know, I think that there needs to be a happy medium. I have a good friend, um, Tiffany Lee Bymaster. She goes by Coach Glitter. And she calls it, she says, you know, I go through seasons of hit hustle, um, very much like a hit workout where it's like, it's short bursts of time where you have to hustle a little bit. And, you know, when you look at a lot of starting entrepreneurs, like there is a period of hustle. There just is. There's a time where, um, you know, sans startup money or angel investment, you don't just hire a team from day one, right? You generate some revenue or... Or if you do hire a team from day one, then you hustled in your day job and you cut corners in your life to make that, that money there and present so that you could hire a team on day one. And so I do think that hustle gets a bad rap. Do I think you have to hustle forever? No. Do I think there are seasons of hustles in your business? Absolutely. But what I really like to get down to it is I say like hustle isn't just, you know, grinding away and working 16 hour days. It's, it's doing the stuff that you don't want to do or doing the things that other people won't do that move the business forward. And it's really about, you know, focusing on the right activities. Cause I can hustle to make 60 posts to my Instagram and schedule them out for the next two months. But the reality is, you know, I don't know that that's going to grow my business, right? Yes. Instagram can grow your business. I'm not dogging on Instagram, but what I'm saying is for me personally, what I'm focused on right now is client acquisition. And so what's more important to me is figuring out how do I go out into a cold audience and attract new clients into my business. And if Instagram is not how... And it's not how I've been attracting clients, then just because you know Susie and Bob are doing really great with Instagram doesn't mean I need to go beyond Instagram. And so I think when we fall into this trap of hustling to do everything, that's when we're hustling in a negative way. When we fall into the positive of hustling to get the right things done, even if it's uncomfortable, even if it's not the most fun, that's when the magic happens. And you know, one really good example of this is like, when you first get started, you have to manage your own inbox. And I don't think anyone really prepares you for how crazy your inbox is going to get because you sign up for freebies and then you start getting clients. And then, you know, you're, you know, like we use project management software, it emails us like 30 times a day. And, you know, no one really prepares you for that, but you've got to spend time on a weekly, bi weekly, daily basis checking your email. And that's not fun. It's not thrilling. I don't love checking my email. But when you don't have a VA or you don't have an assistant, it's important that it gets done. And it builds, you know, it doesn't build your business, but it's a quality activity when you have proposals in there, when you have new students asking questions, when you're in the middle of a launch and people are emailing you with questions on how to buy, right? So hustle for me isn't this mentality of like, do everything, take no prisoners, be nonstop, right? It's more like 
if you focus on activities that grow the business and do them even when you don't want to, that's what's going to move you forward. Mm, So good. And what I would take away from that is work intentionally, not just for the sake of working, but it's about that intentional work. And this is what I tell my clients and students all the time. Like, It's about knowing what the right things are for you. What's going to move the needle the most in your business? Like you said, it might not be Instagram, which that could be if you're an Instagram influencer and you're, you know, promoting products and doing all these things on Instagram. Sure, that might be what moves the needle in your business. But if you're not one of those people and you have a totally different business that looks totally different, then you've got to figure out what those high payoff activities are for you. And really being that's where the discipline piece comes into play in working intentionally on those things and not allowing yourself to be distracted by the shiny objects and the busy work and all the things that are going to be constantly coming in at you. And that's how people typically ask me, you know, it's a question I get all the time is, well, how do you get everything done? I mean, you've got your two-year-old at home with you. Like, when do you work? You know, I'm like, I, when I nap time, you know, which is an hour and a half, two hours, it's not that much time, but because I'm very intentional with how I invest that time and how I treat that time as my work time. I'm able to get done what needs to get done. And so I think it's just that shift, right? In mindset, like you said, not about grinding it out and working 16 hours or doing it just for the sake of working, but working very focused and very intentionally. Yeah, I I agree 100%. Yeah. So what would you say the biggest mindset shift? I mean, if there was one thing that has shifted for you, you know, over the time of being an entrepreneur, being a business owner, that, you know, was maybe something that was surprising for you when you realized what it was that was holding you back? a belief that maybe you'd been operating by. And once you realized it and were able to shift it, that things really started to to move and change for you. Yeah, I love this question. And I think for me, the biggest thing was just seeing that whatever I want to do, I can do successfully. And, you know, as I went through my journey, I talked a little bit about how, you know, I did Periscope and I did Facebook and I did challenges. And what was interesting is that I, I branded myself really effectively. And, and I don't know that it was intentional, but it happened where people would be like, Oh, you're the Periscope guy. You're the Facebook guy. You're the challenge guy. And, you know, as that happened, it was really positive in the moment because it was like, wow, being known for what you do is a huge, powerful opportunity. People tag you in Facebook groups and people send you referrals. And like, that's really, really powerful. But you start to take on that identity personally of like, oh my gosh, maybe I'm only good as the challenge guy, right? And one of the shifts that I made very recently is like, whatever I decide to do, whether it's courses or consulting or coaching or e-commerce or, you know, what sales, like whatever I decide to venture into, I can do successfully. And I think that for a lot of us, we're hardwired to think that there's one way to do it. And I think it really comes down to marketing. Um, we've been marketed to really successfully. And, you know, especially in the course space, it's like courses are the secret to freedom. It's like, you know, look around, there's plenty of people doing really, really well, not selling courses. And that's not to dog on courses. I love courses. I support the course space. That's my ideal customer. But yeah, that for me was a big one. It's like, whatever I want to do, I can be successful at. That's awesome. And that's huge too, because like you said, well, our identity does become wrapped up in the thing that we become successful at, whether it's intentional or not, or it happens over time. And then we find ourselves, hey, this is actually working pretty well. And then a piece of us kind of gets wrapped up in that. 
and attached to that. And then the fear of, well, if I step away from this, then what? What if it doesn't work? What if, you know, I, I fail? And I think that is such a, a universal fear that everyone can relate to that on some level. And how you shifted that and what belief you traded it for, which is I can be successful at anything that I set out to do is awesome and how empowering. Yeah. And that's kind of a perfect segue into a question that I want to end on. And one that I ask every guest that comes on this show, what is your definition of success? Yeah, my this is an easy one for me because it's doing what I want, when I want, how I want. And it's not monetary. I think I'm pretty darn close to it right now. But it's just, if I want to take the day off, I take the day off. If I want to work for 12 hours, I work for 12 hours. If I want to, you know, take my family to Disneyland, we just did it a couple of weeks ago. We take them to Disneyland and we have a good time. Like to me, it's just being able to live the life you want, having the business support the lifestyle, not having a lifestyle to support a business. Mm, so good. So, so good. And just like you said, I, I think that's the ultimate freedom and the ultimate luxury, you know, to be able to do what we want when we want and to give ourselves permission to do that. And to know that it's our business isn't going to fail if we're not chained to our desk or you know, if the sky is not going to fall and the world's not going to come to an end, you know, if we're not working on something or doing something. So good. Well, Zach, anything else that you want to leave our audience with today, our listeners, any nugget or takeaway, you know, if you could wrap up everything that we've talked about in one nice little package, what would it be? Yeah, I think if we had to wrap everything up, I would just say, focus on the right activities and take action. And people always say like, well, what is the right activity, right? It's a question I get a lot is like, if you say, you know, because we hear that, that has almost become like a buzz phrase is like, focus on the right activity. And I just would say like, yeah, not only focus on the right activity, but figure out what makes you money, right? And so often, you know, for a lot of entrepreneurs, we get hung up on like, well, I want to help people. I want to make a difference. I want to make an impact. And I think that's all important and noble, but your business and you've got to make money. And if you want to reach more people, you want to spend money on ads, you got to have money to spend on ads. And so if you're like, what moves my business forward? I like to just put stuff through the lens of, is this an activity that's moving me closer to generating more revenue? And that pulls me out of the weeds of doing some really non-relevant stuff, like posting the post on Facebook that I think is going to get lots of engagement, right? Like you see it and there's nothing... I'm not dogging on it because I get the idea behind it. It's like, oh, which would you rather have, A or B, Right. And yeah, it gets lots of engagement and it might even push your next post up higher in the news feed. But is it actually making you more money or is it just creating engagement for the sake of engagement? I look at some of like these really, really successful entrepreneurs who don't even have a big social media following. And it's like, ask yourself, are you really focused on intentional activities? And so the thing I want to leave you with is just take action, but take the right action and take the action that generates revenue for your business. So good. And I love putting it through that question. I mean, how simple. We can all ask ourselves that, you know, we get out of bed in the morning. What's the thing that's going to take me closer? You know, what's the thing that's going to generate that revenue? We can ask ourselves that when we sit down for lunch. You know, have I been spending my time this morning on the things that are taking me closer? You know, it's just that gut check, you know, along the way throughout our day. Zach, I know our listeners are going to want to connect with you. Where can they find you on social media? Where do you hang out the most? Yeah, if you want to connect with me, the best place is on Instagram. I'm at Hard Soul Hustle. Um, and if you've been listening to this and you're like, oh my gosh, I love this philosophy. This guy needs to run my Facebook ads. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> but you can head over to heartsoulhustle.com 
you can check out what we do. You can fill out an application to work with us. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Awesome, Zach. Thank you so much for your time today, for being here on the show. You have just given us so much value, so many takeaways. I really want to just thank you for that. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Growing a business is hard work, but here at The Effortless Life, we believe it doesn't have to be. We're a company on a mission to help enhance the quality of life for busy entrepreneurs everywhere. One of our superpowers is helping entrepreneurs like you who feel overworked get the systems and support in place in your business so that you can finally start scaling your company and bring your vision to life. So if you're tired of working yourself to the max and winding up in the same place as you did last year with nothing ever really changing, then wouldn't you agree it's time to learn how to build a business you run, not one that runs you? You don't have to work as hard as you think you do in order to get the results you want. It all boils down to how clear your business plan is, how clear your strategy is to achieve it, and how clear you are on your role as the visionary leader of your company. If you aren't clear on these things, I want to help. When you head to CourtneyElmer.com slash CEO, you can find out the dates and times for my next live virtual workshop where I'm going to walk you through the structure and the systems you need to have in your business so you can get out from under all that busy work and be free to do the things that you are good at. Now, these are by invite only. So if getting out of stuck mode and gaining real traction is something you want to do this year, then make sure you're on the list at CourtneyElmer.com slash CEO. As you might have heard me mention inside this episode, if you want to join me for our next live workshop where I'm going to show you how to avoid the biggest mistakes that cause most podcasts to fail within the first 12 months and literally walk you through the exact framework that we teach our students to launch their shows in the top 100 and convert more of their listeners to clients, just go to the effortlesslife.co forward slash podcast workshop. That's the effortlesslife.co forward slash podcast workshop. 